Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to season three, my dear. 
season three. We made it to season three. We did you it. Know, of, of course, you know, in, in TV down season three, it's usually the last good season. <laughs> so Come on, don't jinx it. No, we'll, we'll see if we can break that trend. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, my other sexy witch co-host is in uh, Clifton Forge, Virginia. She's a regular East Coast horror con circuit and my partner in crime horror fam and a Marvel Universe fan to the extreme. And you can see her in fil- featured films like um, Plan 9 from Outer Space. So please remake, uh, the, I'm sorry, feature films like the Plan, Plan 9, 9 from Outer Space. Please welcome to our show my second porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? I'm good. A little cold sitting outside on the front porch, so... <laughs> But excellent. I, I got my 2016 list ready this year. All right. I'm a little bit under the weather, so that's why I'm fucking up the intros. So bear with me, folks, but uh, I'll get through it. So, and I'm glad that you're here. So we'll bring it, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Let me bring on my regular correspondents. They're going to join us tonight. Um, our first guest is, um, cor- our guest host is an actress and model located in upstate New York. Look for her at media conventions back east and her photo shoots on social media. P, welcome back to the show. My sexy vampire witch of the north, Bonnie Nap Pavone. How are you doing? Awesome. How are you guys tonight? I know how Aaron's doing. How's everybody else? Super excited to meet you next weekend. I know. In person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lucky witches. Oh, man. I know. I know. We have to talk about all by myself. Hey, if we had a budget, we'd fly you down. <laughs> I need, we need oh, a fucking cutout of Queenie and, like, take it everywhere with us at Days of the Dead and, like, <laughs> sit with it and, like, go to yes. a party with it. If I could get one, I would do that, Queenie. I would do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> we should just blow up her, like, we should just blow up her, like, her awesome werewolf picture and then just cut out the face yes. and put it on a little stick and we'll just have people hold it. Yeah, put it on a stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Like, when I, when I went to meet the sauce. When I was because the first time in 2013, I had um, two really good friends, two guy friends that couldn't go, and so I printed out like their faces and had them laminated and held them up over my face and, and posed with the girls, and they pretended to kiss the faces from each side. It was fun. Yeah, that's, that's the idea awesome. Of It'd be like I was there. Yeah, exactly. That's again. my point. I know like, how to we'll do it. Pictures. I did it we just get a stranger to like hold your face and that way it's all yeah. four of us. And then we can have like we can have her face next to um have you met who oh, oh god, it's so who's uh Savini? Savini's gonna be there. She really wants Bonnie, oh she god. really wants to see Doug Bradley, so we've gotta take a picture of her face next oh. to Doug Bradley. Oh my god. He's funny amazing. to pick on. He's fun to pick on because he's you know, just so incredibly British and like with the you know, very dry humor. Unless he's the one, yes. Unless he's the one telling the jokes. <laughs> he's oh, funny though. He's great. He's so funny. Cool. All right, we'll talk well, about that a little later. Yeah. I still got to bring my last correspondent on. So let's bring him on real quick. Yes. Oh, sorry. And I'm going an LA correspondent. He's an actor that plays pirates, and he's in Shakespeare plays. He's been a singing waiter. He's worked for me double times, and he's the biggest Disney geek that I know. And if you want to know about pin trading, this motherfucker is all about pin trading. Please welcome yep. back to the show the sexy warlock of Orange County, my cousin Aaron Cogan. How you doing, sir? I am doing really great. How y'all? Sorry, you're not feeling well. Uh, 
Uh, you know, I I, I, w- I, w- I like, um, did the march, uh, the women's march on Saturday here in yeah. D.C. And, so, um, and I had an insomnia bout, and it kind of crashed my immune system. Oh. And I got a cold, so here I am. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, it was kind of worth it. So, <laughs> uh, matter of fact, right that's actually on. one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys real quick without getting into too politics. I did do the D.C. march, and it, I actually blasted it so on jealous. my Facebook page. Um, it was quite a spectacle. Um, I, I, I've been to a few protests downtown. I even did counts for the National Park Service when I worked for the post office tower. Uh, and I have never seen – the last time I saw that many people on the National Mall was uh, the inauguration in 2009. I was there for that. Uh, I've, yeah. never, it was imp- I've never seen a protest that big before. And that was at the rally to restore sanity, and that was almost a million people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was incredible. One, uh, uh, the official count is 500 at the Lotus Shed. It was 1.2 million people. Um, it was peaceful, though I it wasn't quiet. There was plenty of dissidents going on. Uh, there was every walks of life, every type of person, everything you can think of. There were Republicans, Democrats, there were anarchists, there were independents, there were women, men, transgender, intersexual, which is a new phrase, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody, LGBTQ community, everyone. It was the most diverse group I've seen in ages. And even though my group of seven was a bunch of white people, we still had represented seven different states, different types of jobs, and we had one guy in our group. So, I mean, every, there was diversity in every type of spectrum you could do, and it was really impressive, and, and I had a great time. And watching people marginalize what we did on Saturday is a bunch of bullshit. I will tell you, no, we weren't trashing the place. We cleaned up after hmm. ourselves. No, um, yes, there was no arrest. Doesn't mean we were peaceful. Uh, it also doesn't mean we were not acknowledging our white privilege. Uh, damn hell, we were acknowledging our white privilege. This is one of the reasons why we're marching is for people that can't march. Uh, exactly. You know, uh, you know, I I find that information kind of divisive because uh, we should not be fighting amongst ourselves over small things like that. Um, you know, it, it finally people are engaged in the civic process. Why do we piss them off now? I mean, there was a lot of Bernie supporters out there, and they're already disenfranchised. So just to piss them off yep. a second time is not useful, <laughs> <laughs> not useful at all. And and it was, you know, oh, and one of our people was an Iraq war, uh, Gulf War veteran too. So we we, we had hmm. a little of everybody with us. Uh, so um, yeah, so it ended up being a really good thing, and I'm really glad I did. I originally wasn't going to. I just let people stay in the house, but they kind of pushed me out the door because I knew where I was going. <laughs> I was basic. I was basically the guide. <laughs> what was really funny about it is that people kept asking me directions all fucking day, all fucking day. I was like, <laughs> people were like, "Where's this?" And I'm like, "Well, that's there, there, there. Go there, there, there. You'll get there." Uh, which metro stop do I need? Well, you need this metro stop. Blah blah blah. And that was me all friggin' day. I was like the scout or the guide at the art. And and it was a sea of humanity uh, that I've never witnessed before. So it was great. Four hours of speakers was not. We got stuck. Matter of fact, get this. A lot of people don't realize they almost didn't allow us to march. 
They said there were too many yeah. people. And they made us stay an extra full hour after standing in close quarters for three. We had to sit through another hour of speakers because they weren't going to let us go. They finally let us go by changing the parade route at the last minute. Um, but I honestly don't know if they canceled the march, where the fuck we would have gone afterwards. All of us couldn't have gone. One, two point million people can't go in the metro all at once. Uh, so, but anyway, it worked out. Everything ran smoothly. Um, and I hope people keep on it because there's a lot to do. And, you know, no matter what you think, no matter how you voted, thank you. Um, if you voted, you, you have a voice. Uh, and if you march, thank you because that's also your right to assemble. So thank you for the United States for being Americans. We appreciate Yay. it. So, <laughs> so anyway, so that's, the, that's that part. But uh, before we get into our top ten, ladies and gentlemen, um, I wanted to talk about uh oh Oscar nominations. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, how many of us watched or, or read the Oscar nominations today? Yeah, nope. <laughs> I missed them. I'm a jerk. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a jerk too. I was just first of all, I was early here for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was annoyed. I, I watched them on my phone, and this is the first year they didn't have live people reading off the nominations. Yeah. They had a really slick little yeah. video. And granted, it was nice to see people like Yomo de Toro and stuff, but it took the spontaneity. It took the energy out. Because one of the coolest things about the nominations is that it's on early on our coast because they read them in New York. And, and then we call the people on the West Coast and wake them up. It's the best part. And you know, we didn't get any of that this year because they had the slick little video. So, and so we don't know who was, we, you know, we don't know what the press was thinking when they got the information. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that being said. Yeah, I, I, I saw the video that you posted, but it didn't replay for me later for some reason. So. Yeah, uh, it, it probably doesn't replay. Uh, but I will be honest with you. I actually found the overall nominations a total snooze fest. To be honest really? with you, how, how similar was yeah. it to yeah, the Globe? Pretty, much. <clears throat> pretty similar to the Globe. Um, it, it, there's a couple of surprises here and there, but for the most part, no, not really. And there was not a lot of variety. It's a lot of the same things over and over and over again. And it's mm-hmm. odd because there's nine best pictures. I'll read it to you: The Arrival, Frances, Hacksaw Ridge, Hello High Water, Hidden Figures. La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Guess how many of those films I've seen? Um, Four. Six. One. I've seen maybe one. <laughs> one. Like, I, I, uh, that yeah, tells yeah. you something. I mean, well, I really want to see um, The Arrival because it's a science fiction film, but, oh, you know, so it's, it, it was good. You know, that's the thing. None oh of the gosh. films that I love this year, like none it. of the films in my top ten are, are anywhere. Well, that's not true. There's a couple in here that are on my top ten. But for the most part, nothing on my top ten made the final cut. But I do want to give yeah. some shout-outs. Are you ready? I'm going to give some shout-outs. Okay. So I want to sh- shout-out to Mel Gibson for finally redeeming himself in the eyes of the Academy and getting a, do- a, do- a director's nomination for Hacksaw Ridge. Whether you think about it or not, mm-hmm. he actually begged and cried and pleaded and begged this year for to be forgiven and they forgave him <laughs> whether you feel about it or not here he is he, he's redeemed himself in the eyes of the hollywood elite uh, oh he's yeah. mad he's, he's brilliant he's just completely mad at the same time oh 
I love it. My favorite line in South Park is like, well, he's crazy, but boy, does that man know story arc. You know? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, his movies, like, are, you know, difficult sometimes, but, like, divisive, but fucking awesome. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out. First of all, I think Andrew Garfield being nominated for Hacksaw Ridge for Best Actor is pretty cool, even though I'm, it's not, a, you know, it's a war film. Who doesn't on this uh, face uh, on our show not like Andrew Garfield? So he's um, nominated for an Oscar. But the one that really surprised me in actor was Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, which I've been yelling yeah. about since it came I'm, out. So I I'm really excited. It's, it's, oh, it's, I love me from Vigo. I can't believe I missed uh, that. Okay, I'm and, on and it. It's, it's, and it's a really it, good character piece. So I'm on it. I mean, I'm on it. So <laughs> You're congratulations, on it. Vigo. I wish. Um, I will check yeah, that out. Thank you, Elizabeth. Kind of uh, going, yeah, Vigo, great, but for Captain Fantastic? And I'm saying, yeah, everything I've seen in that is awesome. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, best actress is a pretty good category, relatively strong and, and not really surprising. Meryl Streep did get into Forrest Master Jenkins, which I did see. Overrated. I don't really love the film. Uh, there is some things about it that I do think it deserved, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the the real standout for me is Isabella Hoopert for Elle, and that's Paul Verhoeven's new film. So, and it's a rape revenge movie. So that that made it to Best Actress, and she actually is a front runner. It's pretty exciting. So congratulations, mm-hmm. Il- Isabel Hooper. Um, Best Supporting Actor. It's a nice list of people, but of course it's overdue. It's time to give Michael fucking Shannon his Oscar. We've oh, all known he deserves one. Time, time, time to give him his Oscar. Give Michael mm-hmm. Shannon his Oscar. Um, I, I wasn't really excited about supporting actress. It came down exactly as I figured, so we'll move on there. But animated film surprised me quite a bit. Not for what I had seen and what was nominated, but what I haven't seen. There's two films on that list I have no th- idea about. One is called My Life is a Zucchini, and the other one is The Red Turtle. So i got to go look those up. But I am <laughs> Yeah, really I don't know happy. about The Red Turtle. One of my to- I-, I have two films in my top ten on the animated feature list, including Tubo and the Two Strings and Zootopia. Tubo! So, so I'm really Amazing. excited that both of them were nominated. I haven't seen any of the foreign language films, which is rare because I usually have, though I've heard this, a lot of great things about the salesman from, from Iran. Um, this is the biggest upset of the Oscars, and my happiest nomination is The Lobster mm. was nominated for original screenplay. For screenplay, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the only horror ish film to make a nomination. Of course, Deadpool was completely snubbed out as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so. And after um, such a well, great campaign. Oh, it got close. He got shortlisted. So, yeah. you know, but it didn't happen. Um, Add Up Screenplay is pretty solid. Costume design is pretty solid. This is where I think Flores Foster Jenkins actually has a chance because even if you didn't like the film, the clothes, especially her dresses, are pretty off the hand. But it has some really, really stiff competition in Jackie and La La Land and Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them and Allies. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty tough category. Usually um, best costume design goes to the most period piece there is. And if you look at the list... There are no period pieces this year except for Florence Foster Jenkins, and that's a modern period piece. So that makes it the front runner. 
Uh, best original song, I've been playing them already. Um, uh, Moana got two nominations. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Moana got one nomination, how far I go, but uh, uh, La La Land got two. Uh, Trolls got one, and uh, some movie I have no idea. The James Foley story got one for The Empty Chair. I have no idea. Um, not much excitement in Best Original Score. Matter of fact, it's complete snooze fest. Um, and I am one of the few people out there that says La La Land is underwhelming. I know that's not a controversial, that's a very controversial response to La La Land. It's the only Best Picture nominee I've seen. But I thought that there were so many better scores out there. But unfortunately, they all came from the horror genre, like Witch and mm. The Invitation. And yeah. none of those are going to get noticed. Even though, honestly, no. The Invitation should have a screenplay nomination. I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, it's a it's it's an inside yeah. Hollywood story. I would have thought that people. one would have played well to Hollywood, absolutely. But they well, yeah. they don't maybe like what it's saying about Hollywood. Well, it does but, say some pretty controversial things, and we'll talk about. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about the invitation on this on this um, show. So, um, uh, documentary shorts makeup only has three this year, um, and because of it, the front runner becomes Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad, oh, yeah. Man Called Ove, and Star yeah. Trek Beyond. Honestly, once again, I was underwhelmed by Star Trek uh, Beyond's uh, makeup design, mm-hmm. even though I think the Me art too. direction was pretty good. Uh, Suicide Squad, it's a terrible film, but it's very pretty, yep, and yeah. no one can doubt how great Harley Quinn looked. I mean, she basically started a whole movement with that image. So, uh, so I actually have to think that Suicide Squad has a chance to actually beat Star Trek in this category. So, Probably. Um, yeah, um, production I don't know. design. I, I we think have... it's. I agree with you definitely as far as the leads in Star Trek Beyond and Harley as the the lead in Suicide Squad representing the makeup. I think everyone <laughs> else's makeup in Star Trek Beyond blows away Suicide Squad. Well, it's true. All the incidental creatures that are in the background and stuff are all yeah. very well done. I just was and remember very for the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, for the 50th yeah, anniversary, yeah. they created 50 new alien species hanging around yeah, in the so, background. So, and So, yeah. I still think it's going to come down to one of them, for sure. That. You know. I think you're right. Uh, pro- yeah, so production design, which is my favorite category because it's about building sets. Um, the Arrival, which I still yet to see, and it's actually really high on my list to see. Uh, my favorite mm-hmm. probably was Fantastical Good. Beasts and Where to Find Them. Excellent production design on that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hail, Hail Caesar, and even though I wasn't a huge fan of Hail Caesar, it does look gorgeous, so I will give it that. And Passengers was the other list. Well, you know, why can't you say it? You know, once again, it's kind of yawny. Editing is almost the same. Cinematography, it just keeps repeating itself over and over. Sound editing. I liked, all the I liked Passenger. It was like, um, to me, it was like um, Sleeping Beauty in space. So, oh. you know. uh, well, I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but some cool images from it. Um, now, my favorite final thing to point out is Best Visual um, Effects, which has a great list of, of movies. It's the only category with Rogue One in it. Um, it, I think, is that right? I think it is. No, I'm sorry. It's the second one. Um, it also got sound mixing, which it's a really good sound mix. I will admit that for Rogue One. Rogue One, Jungle Book, yeah. Doctor Strange, which so deserved it, and Deepwater Horizon, and of course, the biggest, well, the second biggest upset of the Oscar nominations, Kubo and the Two Strings. And this yeah. is the first time in 23 years. 
that we had an animated feature in the best visual effects category. Do you remember what the last one was, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Probably Nightmare Toy Story? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. I heard the answer, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. It was me. <laughs> oh, I was I right. my Oscars. And, it and any other year, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas would have won if it hadn't been against Jurassic Park. I always felt that yeah. about the movie. <laughs> I mean, it was against Jurassic yeah. Park. It wasn't going to win. So but that's why it's it. all Kubo, because it's in. It's a new way to do actual stop motion. It's actual stop motion. People forget when they watch it because we've seen so much just CG, you know? Well, Laka Studios out of Oregon has been knocking it out of the park. Even their lesser work, Box Trolls, had amazing production design. But Coraline's great. Paranorman's great. Yeah, uh, you know, I like Paranorman. And, um, you know, and this movie is really great. We'll talk about it more. But um, one of the things that we wanted to say, it was the first animated feature to be recognized by the Costumer Guilds of America for, for costumes. And it made the shortlist for Oscar for best costuming did not actually get on the did not get nominated. I was crossing my fingers. I was like, if Kuba got nominated for costumes, that would be like the best. Um, uh, but we'll talk more about Kubo later because, yeah, it is going to make it in my top ten. Does anybody else want some mm-hmm. thoughts about the Oscars before we move on? Mm, I'm kind of surprised Annette Benning, uh didn't get the nomination. From what everything I've been for? hearing about 20th century women, I, I really thought uh, they would have thrown her in. And uh, everything I've been uh, seeing from critics today mm-hmm. is kind of going... Meryl Streep again? Okay, but yeah, well, it felt like they were prepping for that, definitely. Well, yeah. and, and yeah. there's also an issue with Amy Adams being snubbed and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And did you hear what happened? She did. Morning? Oh, yeah. that sucks. I love Amy. Yeah. Um, and you know what happened this morning is that after the announcements, wow. ABC accidentally posted the wrong uh, list of nominees, and Tom no. Hanks and her name was on it. Uh, and they were pretty worse. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. So, um, shout she out was to great Hades in the arrival. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I need to if, see even it. Even if you don't, um, I have a, my best friend does not like that movie, and we agree a lot on movies, but I think, Elizabeth, even if you don't like the movie, you will at least love her performance. She's fantastic in that film. I, I, I love science fiction, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I also, one final shout-out before we move on to our top ten list is Viola Davis, who's been nominated three times now for Oscar, and this is her, she's the first African-American woman to be nominated three times for Oscar. So congratulations wow. to Viola Davis. Absolutely. <laughs> So at least this year, the the issues with race that we had last year seems to be a little level playing field. But as we know, the academy swings back and forth. So who knows what it'll be like next year. Um, I still think this 10 10 movies in one category sucks balls, even though I understand why they did it. But I really, I liked having five films to concentrate on and really pay attention to and I feel like I'm being spread apart. Matter of fact, my favorite film from 2015 that was not made for an Oscar, and I'll probably talk about it tonight, I didn't see it till this year. Uh, so, you know, I, I wish they'd go back to five. It would also shorten up the uh, ceremony a little bit. So, um, well, that's it for Oscar's talk. I really don't have anything more. 
And you know, though the Oscars are fun, but the truth is they don't usually represent the films that us sexy witches like to watch. I mean, some of them, sure, like The Arrival, but I yeah. guarantee you that we watch Not stuff usually. that most mainstream people don't usually watch, you know, and <laughs> that stuff will make yep. our list. So. so are we ready to talk about our top five, top ten films of 2016? Yep. Yes. Okay. So yeah. maybe, Although, um, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead, I am ready, but I'm going to warn you that I, I'm like the horror chick, so I put this together, and I'm like, I did it for horror. Bonnie. Although I can think, Bonnie. I, I know, right? <laughs> but I can think of Bonnie. two right off the bat. That's, but it's You're not the only list. horror chick. <laughs> no, no. I You're know, the, but my list has I a mean, lot I'm of like horror single, on it, too. I'm single-minded, and I'm like, I did. Hey, but hey, did you Bonnie, do the whole fucking list horror? <laughs> no, I didn't do the whole fucking list horror. I actually saved the whole fucking list for horror for uh, Jay's show that that are... today. Um, That's but cool. honestly, the horror genre, I think, and Westerns had the best films this year. Uh, so, oh, yeah, uh, you know, and I actually have, let's see, out of in my top five, I have three horror films. And in Ooh. my top ten, I have five horror films. So, no. yeah, there was a lot of really good horror films this year. And uh, My top ten so, are all science fiction, fantasy, and one documentary uh, about science fiction. Ooh. So there you go. Excellent. All right. <laughs> well, so, me, love it's spot. now 9.30. Isn't it? No. Yes, it is. Let me let the audience know what the ground rules for how we're going to do our top five this year. Um, we have a top ten list, and we'll read the whole list uh, are the whole top tens at the end of this. But what we're going to do, we're going to do a round robin style, and we're going to count down our top five. Now, if a film has already been covered by somebody else, that person is allowed to go into their top ten and pull out something from the bottom five of their top ten or mention their favorite uh, horror film or film they saw last year or festival picks. I'll also allow nice. a couple talks about, if you want to mention your favorite scre- uh, scores, or, or, or soundtracks, you can also mention that while we're doing our countdown. And we're all going to take turns and, what about short until films? we go down to one. Um, not for the top films? ten, but, but, but you can mention if, 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 you need, if you need to pull something out of your list, like if, if something's yep. been covered, then we'll go ahead and cover short films, okay? Okay. If you want to mention. Because I, 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 I would, because uh, believe me, I, I would actually cover the stylist pretty extensively but in this case yes. I'm kind of keeping it to features what people can see you know because unfortunately right. uh, us, us geeks we get to see the shorts but not everyone because I'll tell you I could do with my own short list I saw some amazing shorts yeah. this year <laughs> um, and, Me too. and a lot of them yeah so uh, I went to the really HP Lovecraft Festival oh and, right on so. and it's like all, all short right, so films point- except for like one or two long ones oh you went to the Lovecraft oh. Festival yeah, the Lovecraft Film Festival. Nice. Cool. I saw a lot of shorts, and they were all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. So we're going to start Lovecraft. with you, Queenie. Queenie, you get to go oh. first. Okay, the way okay. we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to tell you the order. I, 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 I did a order, okay? Queenie. <laughs> Dang it. Aaron Kogan. <laughs> what? Okay. Aaron Kogan, second. Aaron Marie, yeah. third. Bonnie, you're fourth, and I'm last. Okay? All right. So, Queenie, we're going to start with you. Go ahead and talk about your number number five. Go for it. My number five 
My number five is The Witch. Mm-hmm. I love that The film. Witch. Yeah. Yep. I mean, The Witch was amazing. Mm-hmm. Creepy. It had great atmosphere. Oh, just so good. So good. Vagina power. Vagina power. <laughs> you, have to, you have to wait. You have to wait. Live deliciously. It's very uplifting. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> She's literally uplifted at the end of that film. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so powerful. Uh, Queenie, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I have the witch at number two. Ooh, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Right so I, I have it at number three. Number three. How so we're not competing. No, 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 no. That just means you get to pull no. another one from later when we get to it. But we're going to yeah, talk yeah. about the witch here. So, Queenie, besides yep. the, the uplifting and creepy part, what's your, what, is, what drew you to the witch? I liked how the story was told. I liked watching the slow madness creep over this poor family. You know, like, you don't even know at the end what's real. You just kind of go with it at the end. You're like, all right, this is happening now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like, and they paid so much attention to detail with everything in this film, like to make it as authentic as possible. It was so good. You gotta appreciate that kind of artistry, you know. <laughs> I, I actually, I the reason why I love the film is that the attention to historical detail is so mm-hmm. good. As a historian, they got they nailed the atmosphere, they nailed the clothes. Um, they talk about yep. issues that a lot of people don't realize, like Calvinism and and, yep. and, the, and the images of fate. Um, there's also, you can take it as, is, is it really witches or is it the food rotting on the vine as they slowly starve to death, driving them all mad? Right. There's exactly. tension, sex, sexual tension between her um, a girl that's becoming a woman and her father and her brothers and having nowhere else to turn for sexual outlets. Um, yeah, the budding doe. There's terrifying children. Oh my God, there's terrifying children in this. Like her, her sisters and brother are freaks. Oh my God. And They're then of course monsters. my favorite thing is Black Philip, who is my favorite yeah. animal performance of 2016. Oh um, yeah, Black. I mean, even people that don't like the movie love Black Philip because he's just such a freaky right. ass looking goat. Awesome. So, <laughs> Bonnie, how do you feel about Black Philip? Very creepy, very awesome. I actually I read that there's there's something special about about that guy. He's like a special goat, and there's I know I forgot about it now, but yeah, he's he's very, quite the he's quite the personality even in real life. I hear that guy. Yeah, I mean, he just, really? he just, you don't forget him. I mean, you really don't. Matter of fact, he, no. he had a huge, huge following on his own, and because of that, they've invented a Black Phillip hard cider in his honor. So I and he had it. to try it. Yeah, so uh, the witch is just brilliant. Um, that, shout out that to Robert Eggers. That movie has, yeah. Go, go ahead, Bonnie. Oh, no, no. I was, I was just going to make a joke because I'm always an asshole like that. It also has <laughs> it also has bird beak breastfeeding. So, you know, there's that. Of course. 
if you're into that. <laughs> uh, I yeah. want to say Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays the lead in the movie, holds she, – mm-hmm. she's on the screen almost the entire film. And for a girl that right. young to hold that together is quite amazing. And yeah. Ralph Ineson, yeah. who plays her father, is really a commanding presence in this film. So, I felt so um, horrible for that man. I felt so horrible for him. He kind of do, but he's totally a I did. too. Oh, my God. Yeah, but so. we don't – but the thing is, we, we're, we're thrown in, like, when it's already happening, so you don't really – know exactly why he made the decisions that he did and you can't I feel like I can't fully judge him you know yeah, no, but, and, but and he's been handed a, a bullshit hand of cards when he's excommunicated yeah. for Plymouth I mean so Absolutely. they're telling him you have to leave and so he's going to try to but he's a pastor he's not a farmer so this is all new yep. to him Yes. Uh, so exactly. there's that but Calvin is yeah, tend to he, be very dogmatic anyways, which is an issue too mm-hmm. in the story because a lot of people don't realize that Calvinists believe that fate is already determined no matter what you do, and which plays you know. into the ending of the film because if you're guilty of the crime, if people think you're guilty, you might as well be, and that's a lot of the um, story too. So, gotcha. Um, now Anna, she's I in love Split it. and Morgan as well, right? That's right. She is in Split with Amazite yeah. Shyamalan right now. So if you want to see Has her, has anyone seen film, that? I really want to see that. But well, I'm sure we'll know in the future. <laughs> Me either. I want to see I'm, it badly. I'm still concentrating on 2016. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So great, we've covered The Witch already, which makes me happy because it's been on everybody's Yay. top ten list. And actually, I talked about it today well, already with uh, JK. Uh, Aaron Hogan, you're number five. My number five is Midnight Special. Nice! I freaking love this film. It's like if someone were making an X-Files today, but they decided to make it good. Ah, there are so many good things going on in Midnight Special, not the least of which is Michael Shannon, um, the previously mentioned Michael Shannon. But uh, this film just works on so many levels, um, the thing that struck me most is the visceral quality of it. Um, much like Arrival this year and Mad Max Fury Road last year, there are times when you're just holding your breath watching this, but it's still science fiction and it's still great performances, and that's rare. Uh, you, you don't get too many of those, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. Also, uh the 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 kid who plays the lead in it is really a good kid actor and uh it's got a very nice very subtle soundtrack that i enjoyed i liked midnight special quite a bit actually and michael shannon once again knocks it out of the park as usual um That's true. and joel edgington is doing his best tom hardy impersonation in the film um i i, I <laughs> I actually have this at my uh, number 10, believe it or not. So it's probably my most science fiction outside of the arrival on my list is Midnight Special. I wish it slightly explained more. Just slightly. Didn't really need to. Really? And I sometimes think it it juggled too many balls. Like, I really wanted to know more about the cult, and they kind of just dropped that whole storyline after a while. Yeah. The cult, them being pursued by the religious cult which seems to be a right. theme this year, religious cults, was really kind of cool, especially when they catch up. And it's like, holy shit, they're attacking. You know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 
So uh, Jeff Nichols was a writer and director, and he's a pretty steady yeah. writer director. He also did Take Shelter a couple years ago, also with Michael Shannon. And I like his approach to science fiction and apocalyptic movies because it kind of grounds it in a type of reality, even though there's fantastical stuff coming around. The people that live in this universe live in our world, and I, yeah, I the, always kind of appreciate that. The only thing really that threw me out was pay phones. Other than that, I was firmly committed the entire time. They still use pay phones in movies. Who knew? I mean, it's always, at least they didn't yeah, have to well, write in that excuse to get rid of the cell phones. I hate that. <laughs> All horror films have to have a moment where they have to write an excuse to get rid of their cell phones. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, much. Huh. No, they didn't no, have a battery it's technology. Did anybody it's funny else too. see um, Midnight Special? Go ahead, Aaron. Nobody else is answering. Yes. I, My I turn? Guess it was just the two of us that saw that. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I was, okay. Well, so Midnight <laughs> Special is your number five, and it's my number ten. So congratulations right on. on that. So we agree on that mm-hmm. one. That was a pretty bad one. And you guys haven't seen it. I would recommend it. All three of you would like this movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's okay. not quite science Well, I love Michael Shannon. And, and it's a thriller. It's an absolute thriller. So it's it's got a lot of horror elements to it, but the ending is truly science fiction, which is kind of yep. cool. So, um, um, all right, Erin Marie, you're number five. My number five is the Purge election year. Yay! Ooh, absolutely Purge loved it. Yeah, that was a fun movie. I mean, uh, I mean, I went and saw that with Liz when I was in Annapolis. And I just, I loved it. The costuming, the yep. the coordinated attacks on the poor, the escalating violence each year. It's, I love everything about the series. And of course, who's your man, Frank? What's his last name? Grillo? Grillo. Oh, right? Frank yes. Grillo. Who also played I fucking love him. in Civil War this year. Oh my God, do I love him. Yeah, he was so good. And I was really excited to see him in Civil War. And believe it or not, as a Marvel geek, (laughs) Civil War didn't Mm -hmm. even make my top, like, five. But Doctor Strange did. It's there somewhere. I have it at at Um, nine. Yeah, that would have been, like, ten. Because I only only technically did eight. I really didn't anticipate, um, you know, saying anything more than that because – I wasn't really blown away by anything last year. So well, this it was, was a, a relatively hard for me. weak film. I, mainstream films were kind of weak last year. And the Marvel, uh, yeah. with the exception of Deadpool, Marvel Universe was relatively underwhelming, even though I think there's yeah. moments in Civil War that kick ass. But I think the whole film... And I wanted, um, I wanted to love Fantastic Beasts so much more than I did. Yeah, I agree with you. It did, but I mean, it's, it's still setting it up for the series, so I'm yeah. excited about that. I'm sure but it'll get better, but, but it origins, just didn't wow me. In a sense, are usually the best ones, you know? Like, Inception yeah. is usually, like, you, something that you can't recreate, so I was just kind of let down. It was really pretty, um, though. It was. I wanted to say, Purge Election Year did not make my top ten this year, but it was my favorite makeup and costume design of the year. I really, really oh, God, yeah. dug the, the costumes the that those girls chose were just. 
Oh, and, and the whole Uncle Sam gang. Uh, you know, there's all these like, you know, it takes place in Washington D.C., so there's all this political climate and all this stuff. And and, and the, it, so the production design on Election Year was one of my favorites. And once again, Frank Grillo knocks it out of the park. I mean, the man is a really good actor. Really needs to. We need to find a role for him that really shows his shit. Because I think he's. I, he might even be good as Michael Shannon, but he's never had a role that he could really show what he could do, except for the election uh, purged movies. So, but um, so it didn't make my top ten, but it definitely gets a shout out for costumes and makeup. So. All right. So that means. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? You ready? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. Okay, so this is the one film that kind of, like, it's a horror film, but actually it's also a kid's film. You'll see that a lot of my movies are heavily influenced by my daughter. And I am excited to add to number five, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, directed by Tim Burton. That's my number five. I adored that movie. I thought it was so much fun. It's on my list. It plays with, it played, what, what number is it, Queenie? On like it's on my my list of things I want to watch. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, me too. Fun. Me too, big time. Yeah, I completely oh, missed what she said. I have people in my living room. <laughs> Peregrine School for uh, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is my number five. Yes, yes, I saw that. Okay, Woo-hoo. it was okay. beautiful. Um, oh my god, Eva! Yeah. Oh my god, gorgeous. I love her. Eva, one of my her. I'll watch anything. <laughs> it was like Ham. Oh well, yeah. First of all, Emma Gre- Evergreen looks amazing in the movie. Uh, there's this whole Hammer meets Lovecraftian vibe meets science fiction vibe about the whole thing. It's the best Tim Burton nice. film in years. Like Burt Tim Burton. Um, I went to Blackpool Pleasure Beach this year in England. Last year in England, and the film has a section in Blackpool Pleasure Beach. So that was geeky onto itself. I love how it plays with time loops and time and how these are young people and how the time affects them physically, mentally. And, um, you know, the only thing I, and I think the monster design is creepy. The only downside I would say is I don't really like Sam Jackson in the movie that much. I don't think he really fits in with the overall story arc, but he's fine. He doesn't take away from it. And I, also I love like the those. twins. Oh yeah. There's some really good. Yeah. Stuff. There's twins, twins cool. and, and, and the mask, that was a great payoff, like how they, you didn't reveal their faces until later on and what their peculiarity was. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's that, there's a lot of great execution that way. Um, I also, what was I going to say, I also like how it didn't pull its punches for the kids in the audience. Because the monsters, uh, their go-to thing is to eye-gouge people. And as we know, as horror geeks love eye-gouging. But well, you don't usually see it in a kid's oh, yeah. film. They did. Yeah. They did pull back from it. They show what happens, and my daughter was freaked out. Yet she could handle it, and she really enjoyed the movie. She goes, "This is kind of scary, but it's really good." That was her. <laughs> I thought. Watching. I thought they pulled back a little bit on the gore. Like there wasn't much blood. It was just you know empty yeah. eye sockets. No, there's not a lot of blood, but there's still tentacles going through eyeballs and eating them. So oh, there's yeah. that. Yeah. I would have liked to. I, also, I would have liked to have seen the little bit of splatter, but you know that's just the horror geek in me. Well, I I think honestly it's an excellent icebreaker for if you're trying to get your kid into horror. I think that at, uh, Peregrine School for Home for uh, Peculiar Children would be a really good beginning to that. So I put that at number five. So, wow. Queenie, you, we're yes. at number four. I got skin for it. 
uh, and 10 Cloverfield, Maine. Uh, and, and so I wanted to give a shout out. She was one of my, she, she had a great year. One of my favorite actresses this last year. She was a doll. So, yeah. The perks so. of being a wallflower. Right. Yeah. Perks of being a wallflower is a great fucking movie too. Um, all right, Queenie. You ready? Now yes. we're at number four. Number four for Queenie. Okay. What do you got there? The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. Come on, who Come saw on. that? Woo-hoo. I haven't seen Good it yet. Wait, did that come out? I haven't December? seen that one yet. That's definitely on my list. Uh, no, I, I saw it, it, but did it come out in December or January? It's 2016. It just came out. Oh, okay. Okay. It's technically, it's awesome. I, Yay. I think... It, well, it came out December 2016. It's probably going to be on Fright Meters next year. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, yes, and yes, because those rules are so right. <sighs> okay. All right. So what, what, so, and I love so, the reveal. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're keeping it cool. <laughs> Why do you like this movie, Queenie? I liked how you didn't really know what was happening until everything just went crazy, you know? Like, they just slowly unveil things over and over throughout the movie and it just gets worse and worse of what's happening. And, and I loved it. I love that they didn't really give it completely away. So you couldn't go, Oh, this is going to happen. You didn't really know what was going to happen until like, he just like removes her skin and it's like, Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I'm happy it's there. Cause I've been hearing great buzz. And a lot of my friends also have the autopsy of Jane Doe on their top ten list. So uh, well, it just really came out on VOD. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we got to watch it. Yeah. It so. keeps the tension high. Brian Cox is really yeah. good as well. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that get mentioned about witches where you're like, that's not true, but that's okay. Yeah. Not everyone knows that <laughs> stuff except for us. but it was really cool so and it's great because like you'll guess that one part you see that but because you think you got that there's other things going on that you won't catch so it's just a great puzzle Mm -hmm. yeah i'm wondering how much of the time that that main chick was actually laying there and how many times they had you know a body double cadaver for her i'm sure the close-ups on her face were her but I wonder how much they, because they're getting really good at those. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King said it was his really favorite good. horror film of the mm-hmm. year, by the way. This, uh, Stephen King well, loved that? J, uh, to see a James Jones. So that's a pretty good endorsement. Um, so, uh, so fantastic, Queenie. We love that. And I love that you're, you, all your independent horror always makes me happy because it always reminds me I have to put the shit in my queue <laughs> if I can see it. All right, Aaron oh, okay. Hogan. West Coast can still represent what's your number four? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Um works on so many levels. First off, I'm not even a fan of uh Babadook crap my pants. Um I'm just not really <laughs> down with him so much. Um but he he makes it work and uh, let, let's let's first and foremost say the formula of having to start with the origin story is just killing the genre. There are so many things killing the genre. I hope we get time to talk about worse films as yeah, well. Yeah, we need more because, man, narrative forms. They need to take some nods from anime. Superman. Holy shit's <laughs> next. But, you know, it seems like lately uh, superhero films have just become the punching bag of 
everyone uh, in mm. inside the industry and without. Uh, fucking Bill Maher goes off on superhero movies and goes off on the people who attend Comic-Con all the time, which is why he's number one on my list of people that I want to poke in the eye it's with a hot It's because they're starting fry. to feel like they're on the outside because the rest of us are all inclusive and having a good fucking time. <laughs> right? Well, they're like, I don't want to die in this. I feel old. I'm going to be angry about it. You're absolutely right. I think most of the comic book films are getting stale and repetitive, but uh, clearly Doctor Strange was a standout. Yes, yeah, they and they're not, they're not so bad. Yeah, Doctor Strange is my number one. Okay. Yeah, oh, wow. wicked, girl. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Doctor you Strange, love him, though, honey. <laughs> I told you, most, um, most films were pretty underwhelming for me this year, but Doctor Strange really hit it for me. Because you want to give them your cumber patch. special effects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm know, a cumber um, bitch. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron. Snatch is fine. No, seriously, he's he's great. But you know, Mm -hmm. uh, if they ever do the live action movie of Futurama, I so want him to play Kiff. I really do. Oh my god, he would be perfect. Um, That would be really cool. I could totally see that. (laughs) Great. But who would you cast as Fry? Oh gosh, who would I cast as Fry? Oh, you know what I cast as Fry? The guy from Firefly that just did the robot in in um, Rogue One. I forget his oh, name. Alan. I cast him. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. We like him. Yeah. He's, he's our number one. Yes. Or the redheaded stoner from Cabin in the Woods. Well, we're all Dr. still laughing Strange. about Benedict Cumberbatch's Kip here. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is a live-action movie that has to happen now, just because it would yes. be so cute. Actually, yeah, someone did. There's a fan live-action that's just fucking amazing, Aww. and they featured it at Comic Con last year, and it's it's wild. I'll put up a link for it. Yeah, please do. Erin should cosplay Leela. She has purple hair right now. Yes, I could so do the Cyclops. All I all I need is right, like black Marie, pants and a white T-shirt. Of purple hair. Yeah. What's your number four? What's your number? My four, number four. My number four is a green room. I green was room. so highly Ooh, impressed. So impressed with green room. I mean, from Patrick Stewart finally getting to be a bad guy and just like this, oh, that whole redneck atmosphere. I totally get because I fucking grow up in Redneck Central. It's just creepy as hell, and I can see That's something like that going down. So, oh, my God. Everything about it was just fantastic for me. Yeah, he uh, called that his I, quietest <laughs> performance ever, I guess. He called that his quietest performance ever, and it was great. It, it was unnerving. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, to keep that was using my favorite word of the film, though. Green Room didn't make my top ten, but it did get my favorite yeah. soundtrack of the year. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a very much a punk kid of the '90s, so I really love the music. But I had to question why he set a modern. It's supposed to take place now, but all his references mm-hmm. to punk are '90s references. Every single one of them to the laces in their boots. Um, Some of it wasn't even punk, weren't they? I mean, it's thrash, which is derived from punk. But weren't they playing Slayer at one point? You know, that's strange. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. Like, it's from punk. Really it's from punk. But, but you know, yeah. uh, people way back out in the woods like that don't necessarily, <laughs> they're a couple of decades yeah. behind. So. You, 
You buy an album and you just throw that shit in. You just you drink a fucking Jenny yeah, or two and you just have a good really fucking time. It's not really that backwoods because it <laughs> I know, takes I know. place in it takes place in Eugene, Oregon, actually, outside of Eugene, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So it's not really backwoods, but yeah, it totally is. Queenie can vouch for that. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. there are Nazis living in there. There are hills. That is not an exaggeration. There really are uh, oh, yeah. Nazis in Oregon. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, so yep. I wanted to give a shout out in the movie. Everyone, of course, like mentions Ant- uh, Anton Yelchin, and uh, obviously this was his last yeah. great performance before he passed. Sad. But Ali Shawkat had such a great year this year, and she's in the film too. And a lot of people are all concentrating on Imogene Poots, who was good, but I don't know why I think we're like really focusing on her. And Ali Shawkat really, you know, she held the film together. She's done so much this year, and I give her a big shout out. I love her. She's one of my favorite actresses right now, and she's in Green Room too. Um, so I think this is one of the few films all of us have seen, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I've seen Green Room. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, you haven't? No, I need to. You should see it. And it's oh, on Netflix now, I think. Or it's yeah, definitely it's on, on Amazon. Right on. Okay. Yep, it's totally on Instant now, so you can totally watch it now. So uh, watch the Green watch Green Room. It's pretty good. Uh, Blue Ruin, I think, is a better film, ultimately. Uh, but yeah. Green Room is definitely entertaining. And the whole standoff part of it is so tense. You know, it really is an edge of your seat kind of a movie, yeah. and, I, and and we don't get those much anymore. So, uh, so that's a shout out to Green Room. So, all right, Bonnie, we're gonna keep this in order. So you're next, number four. <laughs> number four. Well, it would have been. It's gonna have to be the invitation, but actually, no, I'll go down because <laughs> it's southbound. Southbound would be four then. Oh my god, I forgot about Southbound. Fuck. And I know it's an anthology, but I fucking loved it. Five stories. I love, I personally am a sucker for having, I blame Mr. Show, if anyone's ever seen Mr. Show from the 90s, with David Cross. I fucking love it. But I love having segues between your different segments, like actual segues where one, not just like, they just bled um, right into each other. Yeah, they did. It leads right in, right into the next, and you're just all of a sudden you're, and it, it adds to that sense of dread because you you really aren't even left with relief from the last one, and then you're like you're shoved, thrown, catapulted into the next. There was one story with some teens that, well, maybe because I'm old and I'm angry, I don't know why, but I didn't like that one. That one was like kind of, eh. but overall, I mean, I I watched it twice in one night because I liked it so much and. There were just some, there's some great creepy imagery and just some really cool, sometimes I just like compact, hard-hitting shorts in, in like, in succession, you know, just bam, 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 and you get just little, little, it's like, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like Jade Buffet. It's like you go in your have buffet, and you go to your buffet <laughs> and, and the, yeah, the opening sequences. I didn't even realize crazy. it was. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't even realize it was an anthology. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, until about like the third like segment. Film. I know it just played yeah. so beautifully and smoothly. Yeah, it it feels more like a just one long movie than any other um, anthology I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah so because it doesn't I'll, do the I'll, silly thing. It doesn't do the rap story like VHSs and those. It's just it is no, its own story because each one leads and, into and the what, next. An anthology is always as weak as its weakest segment right because they can bring the rest of the film down these segments are all pretty solid all the way through there's really not a lot of like 
Yeah. Except for the teen good, one. The so. teen one was not so engaging, but it, it for some reason it didn't ruin it for me. Probably because they didn't put it at the end. I'm not good with 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 weak ending. That's one of my weaknesses. Uh, and that can be a problem so. for her. <laughs> yeah, and then I think it had a wraparound too, didn't it? At the end, so it was yeah, like it wrapped yeah, around to the guys from the beginning. Yeah, it was yeah. showing what the they had come from the night the before. Yes. So I mean, yes. it, it's that's why could, I had to watch it again right away. Right. <laughs> and I thought of yeah. it as like this circle of hell type of thing that they're yeah. going through. That's a great way to look at it, yeah. You can see Southbound on Amazon Prime. It does stream there. So if you have Amazon Ooh. Prime, watch Southbound, especially the first oh, really? half of it. The first the first half is really, really good. Uh, I really like mm-hmm. Southbound quite a bit. Um, it didn't make my top 10, but it probably would be in my top 20 uh, or 30, I would say. It would probably be there somewhere. All right, so my number four is probably one of the only non-genre films on this list, yet this guy is no... Uh, he is no, uh, uh, he's a friend of the genre, and it is a New Zealand film called The Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, it stars oh. Sam Neill and Julian Dennison. Uh, it was directed by Takita Watiti, who also directed last year's my number one film from last year, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and the much <laughs> anticipated Werewolves, which we all are like, oh my god. So, um, once again, um, he also directed Eagle vs. Shark. This is closer to Eagle vs. Shark than it is to what we do in the shadows. But it's really, really, really good. It's actually loosely based on something that really happened. Um, these guys, um, there's a foster kid. He's kind of a little a uh, little brat, but he's a good kid. He's into Tupac Shakur. Um, and to get him out of trouble, they move him out of the city, and they give him to Sam Neill and his wife. And Sam Neill doesn't give a fuck about the kid. His wife is really good. Um, all this is in the first day, so I'm not spoiling anything. But what, so a tragedy happens. I won't say what it happens, but then Sam Neill and Julian Dennison end up going on the lam uh, for nine months. And the story is about... That's actually how they survived for nine months. This inner city kid and this like uh, redneck New Zealander um, got away from the uh, cops for nine months before they eventually get caught. It's actually really, really odd, as you would expect. It's really funny. Really, really funny. Um, It's sad. It's everything you would want in a great, quirky New Zealand film. It also has a lot of great, beautiful cinematography. And it was one of the films at the end where I actually applauded. So I highly recommend Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, 2016, uh, you can get it from Netflix, but I don't think it's on any streaming that I know of right now. But, um, but you know, so far I've loved every film that Mr. Takeda has done, and I hope he makes more movies. So it sounds like I'm the only one that saw that bitch. I think so. So, Yeah, but I'm going to have to put it on there, though. I want to see it. I love Sam Neill. It sounds good. Sam Neill is amazing. It's really, I mean, really geez, good. there's just so many more movies coming out every year that it's like, ah! <laughs> How do you keep up with them all? Yeah. No, I'm having right, to, please. like, prioritize and look things up yep. on IMDb and make lists based on, look at different, like, I have to have people that I trust, you know, and then I just put them right. in order because there's so much shit. Not that it's there's shit, there's just so much of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lady, number media. three. What's number three Number three is Rogue One. Yeah, we all saw it, right? Somebody had to have Star Wars on the list, all right? Right? Yeah. 
I did it. Was it. My, I took it for the team. It was my number six. It just edged out for me. Yeah. I loved it. it you know, I just, especially with all the climate that we, the political climate we have going on now, it just really touched me in the feels. You know, I was like, I'm <laughs> no, a I rebel. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the power. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it did have amazing production design, no doubt about yeah. that. It was and it beautiful. has my single favorite light speed return shot I've yeah. seen in any Star Wars movie. Towards the end, they all come out of light speed all at once, and you're all like, nice, because it just looks so fucking cool. <laughs> um, I, I, I also like the idea of a self-made Jedi, because uh, I've always yeah. said, you know what, the Jedi are this, like, they're like martial artists, they, they, they're Shaolin monks, they concentrate on the Force, it's a religion for them, which mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the Force is inaccessible to the average person, not at yeah, all. Yeah, there'd be it's different nice. levels, there'd be different yeah. levels of yeah. it out there, for sure. Well, it depends right. on how high your midichlorian count is. Well, fuck yep. <laughs> A lot of people hate I that hate they that. added that. And that's <laughs> oh, why I episode do. one sucks so much. Oh, and <laughs> being, uh, it takes all the fucking magic out of it, man. What? Yeah. Just took the fun out of it. Oh, oh, like George, George, I, if you're writing a fairy tale, you don't have the fairies and the dragons have battery packs. No. No. I don't think you understand how it works, dude. <laughs> oh. Well, he's getting confused because he's got, I mean, it's a fantasy sci-fi franchise, so it's confusing. The lines are, you know, and he lets his children name characters like Dudu and Dooku and Daha. And and, and don't forget, we we almost had the Backstreet Boys, no, I'm sorry, New Kids on the Block as Jedi. They actually filmed it until someone said, George, you can't do this. I'm dead serious. Once again, I will post two pictures. Oh, my goodness. Oh, when, when all the Jedi face off against the battle droids? Oh my gosh! Not even kidding. That's filmed That's and like everything. That's like self-parody, dude. And... That's insane. That's like some. Yes, yes, it is. But his daughter really <laughs> liked them at the time. Oh, exactly. He was just. Oh my god. You, I mean, I understand getting blinded by your by your children with love, but like, <laughs> or or Rob Zombie being blinded by his love for. <laughs> Like, come on. No, 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 no. If, if we do a, yeah. a, a worst of the year, Rob Zombie is represent again on my worst list, but we might save that for yes, another bitch. show. Fuck oh, yes, my, my sweet bitch. Oh, my it's God. right on my worst. I put a worst on here. Oh. You didn't thank you, but I've got 31 on that fucking worst and Cherry Tree. Oh, I wanted to like 31. Yeah. I tried. Oh, I wanted. It's so Scary clothes. It was a scary cloud movie. I still haven't seen it. That's one I still haven't seen. Oh, I'm kind of disappointed so in myself. It's like oh, a pretty neat God. performance from the main scary dude, but the rest, you're just going to be kind of like, oh, the rest of the time. Well, and if you don't like Sherry Moon, you're going to cringe. This this is this is about positivity. So let's 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 put thirty one away. <laughs> Sherry Moon is very pretty. Shit. Sherry Moon is so have, beautiful. She's got a great ass. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm great not ass. saying she's not. I'm not saying she's not. That's um, what I live for. What? Queenie, but if you have any final things to say about Rogue One before we move on, because we we got yeah. we got about twenty minutes to finish our list before my guest. I think we covered it. I think we can move on. I'm good. I have it at seven. You're, okay, so uh, Aaron has cool. it at, I mean, uh, Queenie has it at three, okay. Aaron has it at seven, and other Aaron Marie has it at six. So uh, once again, That's it didn't make movie. my top ten. So, But it's okay. a good movie. I'm it's an asshole. 
I'm an asshole. I don't have it on my list because I noticed there were no character arcs in in Rogue One. There were no character arcs whatsoever. They weren't, but come on. Darth Vader. It was really pretty. It was totally awesome and fun. Vader's a badass in this. I like to say, sitting on the beach and holding someone you love is a great way to die as you watch it. Oh, that's that's pretty cool, and I love Donnie Yen. The main... The Felicity chick, she's all right, but did anyone notice how like casually fucking amazing she was? Like she, she was just like she got, she was just like walking up, going up and sneaking up on stru- like stormtroopers and just taking their shit, just casually. Yeah. And there was no buildup with her. You hear, you hear that she's supposed to be this badass who went through all this shit, which rightfully so because she was left on this fucking planet all alone by Forrest Whitaker, you asshole, and her father, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> So she'd be really angry, and she'd have more of a chip on her shoulder. But I feel, I, I worry. I worry that in this climate of, like, you know, everybody being, being very sensitive about how women are portrayed, that unfortunately it, it, it might be, this might be a symptom of how it's affecting women being portrayed in films to a bad degree, to, in, a, in a negative way for me, because it makes, they're so afraid to give her any, fa- any faults that she's unbelievable to me. She does not have a chip on her shoulder. And then what do they do to show me that she's awesome? They show her saving a baby. We already know that, or saving a kid, we already know that she's great. And she, yeah. she never has attitude, so there's no arc with her. She, she would have been really rough with everybody. Also, well, everybody they, very they, quickly loved her and wanted to be on her. I thought she did yeah, have a chip on her shoulder, and that she had to be talked into going on the mission and everything. Yeah. And that she really only it, got it, into it, was, it when her dad was involved. She she really wasn't sure. belligerent. She was pretty. She was pretty cute and chill. Seriously. Hmm. Okay. Quinny and I, no belligerent what? bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, but, but it was it was it was fun and it was Star Wars and it was fun and it yeah. was a great idea for a prequel and I, I that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Aaron Kogan, what's your number three? Zootopia. Zootopia! Oh. I love Animation Zootopia makes so it. Much. Oh, yeah, cool. I, I am blown away um, by the quality of animation this year, story-wise. Yeah. Just story-wise. Zootopia oh took I on so many Zootopia. issues. Yeah. It, it, it was really good. Um, Natalie was not as big a fan. Um, she said she thought some of the characters were kind of cliche and things we've seen before. But my thing is, yeah, but then they flip it on the head. Well, and, that's and, it. That's uh, exactly it because her downfall isn't a big lie like you usually get in these kind of films. It's her own prejudice that brings her down in the film. And you don't exactly. see that every day in a kid's movie. It's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the design is good. The story's good. Everything about Zootopia, it almost made my top five. It's number six on my list. I love oh, right Zootopia. On. I loved it, loved it. It was my for a while. It was my favorite animated film of the year. Something else took that over, but I, uh, yeah. it, I loved Zootopia. Oh my god! So um, yeah. it streams on Netflix. So if you haven't seen Zootopia, give it a fucking shot. Get past. Amen. Yes, it starts out very formulaic, and Aaron will actually Kogan would probably be you be first to admit it follows the the, the basic fish out of water. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, storyline that a lot of these movies have. But then it yep. just goes completely onto a more intimate, personal level, and it is a great story about race. And we needed yes, this is. movie this year. This year, this movie is important. So I think we're going to look Amen. back at it and go, wow. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack you, but I just love it. No, no, Maybe you're absolutely you right. you want to say about it? 
Um, no, I think you hit it all. <laughs> uh, wish the music was better, but that's okay. We'll forgive it. Oh, I love the song. You know what my favorite thing in that movie is? Is the little mole godfather. Yes. Like gimmick-wise. <laughs> voice, voiced by Marie Flamarche. Yeah, his, so and, adorable. His, and his little sister, I mean, little daughter with the hair. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I, yes. Okay, boss. my favorite thing, besides, you know, all the, the real emotional things and dealing with real issues and the racist oh, American, yeah. my favorite thing is the gay cheetah at the front desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that is voiced He's by awesome. uh, Josh. He is Josh, out and proud, yeah, and I love him. him. I, I love him, love too. Him. Yeah. And, and and the and his story arc is actually very well fleshed out. He's a small character, but what happens to him is is directly affected by the story. Uh, so exactly right. it, 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 it's cool. It's cool as fuck. Great movie. Um, yeah. All right. So Aaron Marie, your number three. Yeah, my number three is Deadpool. Deadpool. Awesome. It's gonna be there somewhere. Yep. Somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, number two. <laughs> Oh, yeah, great. Deadpool's my number three. Fucking love Deadpool. But well, I think we've covered Deadpool enough on this show, and we're kind of pressed for time, so. Deadpool's my number oh. one. Oh, so three of you have it on. Deadpool's my favorite. Right. Wow, okay. Come nice. on, Captain Deadpool. Nah, just Deadpool. Deadpool's my bae, okay? She's yeah. my bae. fucking level. Deadpool. Okay, we're going to run away like that. If you suggested that, he'd be like, hmm, he gets me. I, I... <laughs> He's do, not do I get my own the shield? Deadpool the shiny that shield? I imagine. He, he's not the Deadpool that I imagine from the comic books. He, he does his own thing, and it's just as good or better. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. Deadpool, if you read the books, is mm-hmm. you know a solid, you know, built-up buff motherfucker, and mm-hmm. his humor is in line with what Ryan Reynolds did, but maybe even a little more out there and definitely more fucking violent than it was in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Which is hard to believe in 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 the first hard R Marvel well Marvel Universe film, but um, it stands up to repeated viewings. <laughs> it's funny on so many levels. Uh, it's got that wonderful fun, you know, breaking the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. sixteen walls. Yeah, that's God the new damn, what a great fucking film! You do. I think my favorite thing you know, was the Hugh Jackman, his like face yes. side yes. with the no. like sexiest man alive, People Magazine thing. <laughs> Every time uh, he says something about Hugh Jackman, it fucking killed me. Deadpool compared to you guys, I didn't, it didn't even make my top twenty. Uh, but uh, oh. I want to say there's it's two not in my top ten. It was no. fun. But there's two things I do think that are great in the film. One is the calendar holiday sex sequence. Which is so yes. much, so fun. My favorite sex sequence in this Especially year. Valentine's Day. The other one Day. was the yes. fight between him and Colossus, which is probably oh. one of the funniest things all so year. So good. Was watching him yeah. and, and, and Colossus and looking down going, you're just embarrassed They did Colossus now. well. My they favorite bit in that well. fight, my absolute favorite bit in that fight, and it took me uh, a while to get it, was uh, right before he saws his hand off, he says, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And then there's a money yeah, shot yeah, of blood yeah. in his face. And I went, oh, my God, they're making reference to her period. 
from a fucking <laughs> kid's. Oh my, that was awesome. Do girls still get introduced to oh, that and, book, or is that like a '90s thing and an '80s thing? I don't know. So awesome. I do want to see more of Megahead Teenage Warhead, and I'm really glad that they're yeah, bringing her back for the Deadpool sequel. So I, I, there is some things about Deadpool I like. Andrew Pinder have it in my top ten. She was funny because she had like a really unhealthy she crush on like yep. on Ryan Reynolds, and it like even when they went to Comic Con, like you could see at the panel, and it was like a little uncomfortable for him <laughs> at one point. Not like not hugely so, but you could see it. <laughs> and we're well, gonna get so, more to Tinder um, too. Bonnie, what's your number three? Number three would be let's see here. It's gonna be the invitation. Invitation. The invitation. Which which is the my invitation. number one, by the way. Oh Ooh, my god. It's just I I knew you'd love that. It's just so good. It's, it, it's so it, good. Karen it's Kua, director movie. Karen Kuasama. It's fantastic. I know not everybody loved Jennifer's body, but she did Jennifer's body, and I thought that that movie was parody. That awesomeness movie is good. This movie is beyond that. This movie. Is oh, yeah, but they're in totally best. different universes. They're in completely oh, different I universes. They are. So it's oh. fantastic that she can understand, like, this horror comedy parody making fun of yourself shit over the top crap that like mm-hmm. she did it so far that some people just thought the movie was shit and they're like well, why do they have this band and it's like it's all to be funny but imitation totally dead dead serious and i lived in la for seven years and quite an accurate representation in my opinion of like everybody when you live out there you just even if you're not in hey, entertainment hey, hey. you I, I, I end grew up, up with in those San friends. Francisco. Uh, those there you people go. were from L.A. I knew every single person in that room. Every single person. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, you probably yeah. know every single person in that room, uh, you know, at some point. <laughs> he, Aaron, Aaron Kogan is an actor in L.A., so I'm sure yeah. he knows mm-hmm. a lot of those people. Uh, but the slow burn, the unreliable narrator, the execution, the hold up to multiple uh, multiple repeat viewings, which is very important because it does have a huge twist yeah. ending. Uh, yeah. uh, um, I thought with Erin Marie, as she was puking her brains out and she was sick, and I was just keeping her company because she was having a bad day. Oh, wow. yeah. And both of us, no matter how bad we were, we both were like, wow, this is a really Yeah, movie. that ending blew me away. Yeah. Because you, you, that, you that feel like kind of, creepy. you feel sick, but you feel like you're kind of floating a little bit. And then all of this, like, like all of this acknowledgement comes in and just floods in and you're like, oh my God, that means like so much. It's like, because it is the one thing that it is, but it means much more than that at the end. It's just, ah, ah. What, what, so a, what a crack and screenplay. What a crack and screenplay. Yeah, fantastic. The, screenplay red, is, the red herrings were great because then you just didn't and, see stuff coming. So, But they're not always red herrings, too. No, that was they're not. You, you, sometimes it, you think it is, foresh- and then it's not. It's yeah. actually foreshadowing, a very clever mm-hmm. foreshadowing. I mean, yeah. it, it, uh, and, and, and it's really true. It shows what real cult recruitment is like. Um, it was so much more realistic and didn't pull its punches like the sacraments did, which Ty West needs to, I need to have calm. Talk I was with disappointed that with that one in the end. Oh my God. Uh, there's a lot of issues one. with the sacrament I have yeah. that I don't want to get into right Me now, too. but, mm. uh, but and the, the, the end, I don't even like, like, like to see other houses, like, you know, what's going yeah. on on the other hill. What's going on in other houses. Yeah. Well, yes. it definitely yeah. leads to a we sequel can't see any more if they want to go that route. 
I don't think it needs to. I think it ended exactly no. where it needs no, to. No, it doesn't uh, need right. to, but, but I'm still interested. Oh, me too. But, yeah, there's also, so. it's just very true to what I experienced in L.A. because there are a lot of cults. There are a lot of casual there gatherings are. and, like, and oh groups <laughs> and they're cults and they're always like trying to tell you about how they're living their life better and they've they, either their body is cleansed or their mind and their spirit is cleansed or everything above and you should totally do this and then there's like it's really sweet at first because they're like we just want to help you before you know it you're being browbeaten and like totally like pressured to do this shit there was one called the forum when I was in LA like around mm. episode one and it was like what the what it was out mm. of control well, and then and also it, it's the hotbed for Scientology, of course, too. Scientology, yeah. Is now, yeah. You know, there and, are hills, and you know, invitation always. Oh, invitation to me also because it it definitely says all of that stuff on a on a, you know, a mega level on on a macro level, but on a micro level, it's very personal because this poor man is going through this thing that, like, I felt... Well, it it, it is personal it, because it's about it's so personal because tragedy and loss. And how people cope yes. with it. And, and, and not only that, but for being an individual, that. for not wanting to give in to what you have to deal with, to not give in to peer pressure these days. It's fucking ridiculous it, it, sometimes. No one talks about it, it but it, the peer pressure is like, oh, like, I thought I was done with high school and college, you know? It's crazy. Um, yes. Strong performances, well-executed, uh, well-executed direction, great screenplay, everything about the invitation is the full package. It's, it is a slow burn. I do warn people about that. Don't be sleepy because you have to pay attention. Every word, it's got that payoff, every so. shot. It, it was my number every nine. Shot, and it's worth your number nine? Nine. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. So it yep. is worth it. So congratulations. Oh, I was waiting for it. No. <laughs> All right, my number three, we've already talked about it briefly, um, Kubo and the Two Strings, my favorite anime. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Um, uh, first of all, it's not a kid's movie. And what I mean is it is not a kid's movie. It is a movie. Um, it is scary. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. Uh, kids can watch it, but it is absolutely one of the most well-executed films of the year. Obviously, the costuming is up for visual effects. Stop animation is my favorite medium anyways. Uh, so I was predestined to like it, but even the vocal performances, even though I wish there were more Asians in the leads, that would have been nice, but Mm, I think it's still really, really good. Rudy Mara plays one of the best villains of the year. Uh, the the sisters mm-hmm. with the masks are just absolutely frightening. They're gorgeous. They have beautiful capes. They smoke. Don't opium. they fucking remind you of the Sasuke sisters? Like so bad. Yeah. I watched Kubo. I'm do. like, it's the Sasuke. <laughs> It's like the Saskas if they were evil Totally spirits, the Saskas. Oh, my God. I can <laughs> right? guarantee you right now Channeling I can the money on it. Come uh, Comic-Con, we are going to see lots and lots of cosplay from Kubo. Of Kubo, oh, yeah. I hope I so. Promise. Especially when I see a Beetle Man. I love him. Oh. I loved everything. Uh, George Takai's cameo in it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I loved everything. Um, everything about Kubo and the Two Strings, I watched it three times in a row. It's the only film it's I can. It's on sale on Target. I, I, I don't mean to advertise, yeah, but it's it. on sale on Target. Blu-ray, 12 bucks. Yeah, no. I want to come out in Steelbook. Oh, that'd be cool. And I wanted to remind people I'm the invitation that stream on Netflix. So if you haven't seen the invitation, cool. you can do that. So, 
All right, we got to speed it up because we only got a few more minutes here, um, but uh, we're also running out of movies, which is perfect. So, uh, Queenie, your number two? My number two is Hush. Hush. Anybody seen Hush? Yes. Yes, yes. yes I did. That was my number seven. Mm-hmm. It was really well done. Like, you could really feel for the deaf character and what it's like to be mm-hmm. her. So good. It'd be so terrifying, too, you know, to have someone sneak into your house and you're not even aware of it. Yeah, it's like the so whole thing when you wear a cloth and you're like, what can we do for more home invasion? And, and, and what's really good about Hush, I want to shout out to John Gallagher Jr. in it. He plays the villain. He's really, really mm-hmm. fucking good in this movie. I mean, his villain yes. is very realistic and, and, and honest. Creepy. And you don't see a lot of, like, he doesn't prowl. He feels like a human. That's just really terrifying. Yeah. Um, he had two great performances this year. He was also in 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, and which was a, a great acting piece, ensemble piece as well. Um, he played, um, he was with John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead in that film. So get shout out to John Gallagher Jr. He was one of my favorite actors of the year. Um, and Hush is, even though I'm not, I am honestly, Quinny, I am not a um, fan of invasion films at all, but I am a fan of Flanagan. I like him a lot, even though I didn't see Ouija 2 yet. Uh, and I really thought that the two leads in this movie and the whole overall film is really well executed. They really sell it. did make it, yeah. my top 20. It did make my top 20. Oh, good. So I was happy about that. Awesome. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hush. All good right. movie. Good movie. Aaron Kogan, number two. Number two, more animation. Moana. Moana! Love Moana on so many stinking levels. Uh, Natalie and I uh, were very lucky to get to go to a screening with a couple of the directors, actually. And... Um, there we go. That's lovely. Although I'm a huge fan of You're Welcome, uh, obviously. Um, well, I, I have this on here because it's one of the two songs nominated for Oscars. That's why I have it on yeah. here. So, right, right. Um, but, yeah, the whole thing works. Um, it's uh, sort of a princess film, but not really. As she herself says, I'm not a princess. And uh, there's no love interest. And she does it all herself, and uh, if you're a pagan, you will definitely love the pagan themes of it. Both Natalie and I really felt that very strongly seeing it, and uh, the creators echoed it. They went to the source. They went to the places where these myths come from, these stories, and it's all there and, on the screen. And and it's probably going to get Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, one step closer to EGAD. So I, I have a feeling he's going to walk away with an Oscar. Um, I'd be year. surprised so, if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So c- c- awesome. But it's not my favorite song. This is by far the two songs nominated are not even close to my favorite song from that movie. But Milano's uh, pretty good. I like it. I love Kubo a bit more. I love Zootopia more, actually. Um, mm. but I think uh, I think ultimately Zootopia is a more important message for our time. So, all right, Aaron Marie. What is your number two? My number two is Don't Breathe. Don't I Breathe. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I like that film. 
lot of people. I love From the moment that you get to like feel for the teenagers, you understand why they're doing what they're doing. They're doing an asshole thing, but once you get in that guy's house, holy shit! Like. Mm -hmm. Other other than the one guy, like the first dude to get killed, I was like happy to see him die, but the other two I felt so bad for. And that mm-hmm. entire dark sequence in the basement with the night goggles. <laughs> or you know, that whole blind vision thing is fucking fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I mean don't everything about it. I really really love it. the same way again after that. Oh movie. yeah. Oh, yeah, God, oh that God. whole harness, it just uh, creeped me the hell yeah. out. Uh, oh. <laughs> not oh, a Oscar not nominations. Stephen Lang. Everything uh, he's in, he's so good in. Stephen Lang is amazing. It was pretty good editing, too. That movie and you really believe well that edited, he would kick so. your ass, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, that so, guy uh, was great. Brutal. So, we're gonna, we got to go a little mm-hmm. faster because my guest is on the line. So, Bonnie, number two. Number two, demon. It's actually something that I saw at Fantasia ah, 2016. We talked yeah. the Polish film. Yeah, the last yeah. one by by the director. I don't know how to say his name, but it's Marcin Rona, I think. Um, it was his last movie. He died in September of 2015, and I saw this at Fantasia, but it did come out here in the states in 2016. It's streaming on Amazon now. And it's this this Polish story. This bridegroom, he's a, it's a UK guy actually, a bridegroom. He's possessed by this some the spirit in the midst of his own wedding celebration. It's a pretty clever take on the Jewish legend of the Dybuk. So okay. it gets into I can't him wait and, to see it. I'm really bummed I didn't get yes. to see it before and then, this is over. Yeah, because a lot of people exactly, have it on the like, top ten. It's so good. It's so good, and it just it goes like a dance because a lot of it like it doesn't take too long and then you get into the celebration of the wedding after he's over there and there's the vodka is flying and they can't tell and you can't tell either whether what's going on with him is is real or if it's just he's really inebriated fucked up about getting married or underneath all that like I said I think I said this once before when we, we had a podcast it's like it totally has this alternate thing where it's talking about how you don't necessarily know who you marry if you marry very quickly. You know, you don't know what you're getting into. So it gets it there. That's in the background. It's not the main thing, but I love multi-layered things like that. And um, performance is fantastic, super solid. And I don't know, it's, it's simple, but somehow it really keeps you guessing and it keeps you on the edge. And I, I really, really liked it. All right, so I actually – I've already talked about my two-in-one, which is the witch and invitation. So I'm just going to read my top ten, and then I'm going to have everyone quickly read their top tens because we're running out of time, and my guest is already on the line. So we won't – pretty much we already uh, – but you'll get to announce your number one. So I'll read it at ten, and then I'll go to number one. So number ten for me was Midnight Special. Uh, number nine was a tie with The Forest and 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I love both those movies. The Forest had one of my favorite cinematography of the year. Number eight was my favorite action film and a pleasant surprise. It was Hardcore Henry, the, the first-person huh. movie, video game movie. Super stupid, a lot of fun. I had a great time. And it doesn't pull its punches. The gore is absolutely awesome in that movie. Great violence. Oh, my God. Uh, number seven is just a sentimental favorite, and most people hate it. And I don't know if Queenie has seen it yet. Yoga Hosers, Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah. And, and, I had it. It's been like a number 11 and, for me. Yeah. Well, I want to see it. And not everyone's going to like Canadian. it, but I think 
girls are going to like it. Parents yeah. that have made teenage girls are going to like it because it's as, uh, clearly Kevin mind, like Smith's mindset. Like, this is where I am with my teenage daughter. And there's, you know, there's little bratwurst Nazis chasing her around. It, 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 it's it's <laughs> As, as, a, as, a, as a mom, I really, really like yoga hosers. Uh, number six was Zootopia. Number five was Peregrine School of Peculiar, Home of Peculiar Children. Number four was Hunt of the Wilder People. Please look for that film. Uh, three, Kubo mm. and Two Strings. Two, The Wit. And number one, The Invitation. So those are my top ten. Queenie, read your, close you out. All right. So my number ten is Siren. I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah, I've heard it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's based off of that clip in VHS with the girl, I like you, because she's a succubus. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we got Don't Breathe as number nine. Um, number eight is The Witch. Number seven is Hush. Number six is Green Room. Number four is Autopsy of Jane Doe. Number three is Neon Demon. Number two is Rogue One. Nice. Or wait, am I, did I lose the number? I think I lost the number. Don't worry. Okay, whatever. I'm going to keep reading. (laughs) Then I got Rogue One, and then I got Deadpool, and then I got Baskin, which was my number one. And I really want to talk about it. it. Really? I talk about about it. Hold on on just a second. I want to bring Adolfo in because he can talk about this too, and then we'll go into the preview right after we finish reading our top ten. Great. All right. Um, This is amazing. Adolfo Dorta, welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, our, segment, our segment's running long in our top ten, but we're almost done. But we're talking about some crude horror or unusual horror films, and I wanted to bring you on in case you want to talk about it, because uh, Queenie's number one is Baskin, the first horror film from Turkey to be imported to the United States. Yeah. So, um, so if you bear with us, I, you I heard please good... join the conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I heard good things about that one. I, you know, it's it's one of those that's been on my to watch list, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So, what'd you think of it? Oh my god, it was brilliant. It was like insane and and extreme, but like it it, it was like, like Clive Barker in Turkey. Yeah, the color. Yeah, the color was great. <laughs> the the villain too. The characters were nicer. I, I just didn't like it. It had this whole kind of like Cinebite Hellraiser cultish that. feel. Yeah, mm. like you were in cool. hell. It felt like you were in hell. Well, you kind of were. Yeah, sounds, That's the whole story. That that sounds, sounds, uh, it's not, for, it's not for everyone. It is very hard no. to get through. Um, There's um, some it, it's terrible tur- things that happen. Turkey's kind of exciting. Um, and you can watch this, on, watch this on Netflix. It is worth a watch. Um, I, yeah. I will warn people. I, I I was turned off a bit by it because I don't think the characters are particularly likable in the movie, but that's also kind of the point. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but Baskin, yeah, definitely Baskin. Baskin would fit in right in the Days of the Dead. It's that kind of weird, independent, surreal vibe yeah. that Adolfo usually uh, uh, programs for his jazz film festival. So it's that kind of thing. So all right, I Eric live for Kogan, films like this. Like, <laughs> finish, finish, yeah. finish up, finish up, finish up. All right. At 10, we have Star Trek Beyond. At 9, we have Captain America Civil War. At 8, we have For the Love of Spock. At 7, Woo! Rogue One. Good choice. Uh, number 6, Arrival. Number 5, wow. Midnight Special. Uh, number 4, Doctor Strange. Number 3, Zootopia. Number 2, Moana. 
and number one, Deadpool. And my uh, my, uh, my my close but not quite theirs include Fantastic Beasts, uh, The Jungle Book, and Beware the Slender Man. And uh, that was my, amazing. My top two picks for Golden Razzies are Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice and Gods of Egypt. Oh, that poor stuff. movie. I have, oh my God. Mm. Well, we can talk about that in another show. We got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, we need to have a show about things list. that are like, that things that we need to have a show about things that fantastically ah. suck. Like they look like, oh, you know, yes. they're just polished. Like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. God's is particularly bad. So, Aaron Marie, finish up. Go ahead. Yes. Number, number Number 10 was, um, can't remember because I said it off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> number right. nine um, was The Invitation. Fantastic Beasts was number eight for me. Um, Hush, seven. Rogue One, six. Uh, five is The Purge Election Year. Four, Green Room. Three, Deadpool. Uh, two, Don't Breathe. And, of course, because I already mentioned that Doctor Strange was my number one, I do want to give a shout-out to one of 2015 that I didn't watch until this past year. And had it been made in 2016, it definitely would have been my number one, no question, which was The Final Girls. Ah, oh, you yeah. look pretty good. Yeah. I, I absolutely adore Alexander Ludwig. He's on Vikings, and he's in that movie. And he's also in Final Girl, too. Uh, so, uh, yep. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah wasn't it weird? That I mean, everything here. about that movie was just, Oh, it was visually amazing. It was such an original storyline. It was so funny. Well, it wasn't horror though. There was like no. It was comedy and feel. It was comedy. It was a subgenre, and it was so fantastic. I mean, in the horror, even like the blood. I like that little kid. I like that little kid from Workaholics that's in it. He's hilarious. I forget. Yes. All right, so that's awesome. Bonnie, close us out. Okay, you're, you're, you're up, and then I'm going to bring it. We're going to talk okay. Days of the Dead. So go ahead. What's your, mine are, what's your mine are a little mixed up. Mine are a little mixed up because when we started, we talked about how I just did horror. But that's I fine. knew how to throw in, throw in a few, so we'll just jump here. Ten, I've got the Neon Demon. And everyone likes that to some degree. Everyone knows that that's, that's the director of Drive. He's also the director of Valhalla Rising and a Denmark film, the first one. He did the first Pusher from 1996, which ended up being a trilogy. He did not direct it all, but it is considered the Godfather trilogy of the Netherlands. So just so you know, it's amazing. That's that the it's so good. So I love. I just love that director. Me and Dean was great. Nine. I have uh, ten Cloverfield Lane. Eight. I have Clown, which finally came out this year. Um, seven. I have Don't Breathe. Six, Southbound, I think I said five earlier. I'm a liar. Um, five, Swiss Army Man. Four or three or something like that, The Witch. And then The Invitation, Demon. Number one, Arrival for me. So nice. once I had nice. to think about it nice and think about everything and add in everything and not just horror, Arrival, I think, was my favorite. Yeah. It's not for everybody because so- it's, it's, it's low sci-fi. It's great. And he calls it yeah. dirty sci-fi, which is like, yeah. But it's it's about the it's more about the human condition really than like telling you about the they don't tell you about the, the technology around the writing they just jump in and it's yeah. just about the humans so mm. that's kind of awesome so I I just well, loved that, it I loved what it had to say 
So, um, I'm fantastic. Now, um, uh, since I already read my top ten, I was going to say that the best film I saw last year was from 2015, and it was actually up for an Oscar, and that was The Big Short. Oh, my God, was that going mm. great. But my festival picks from 2016 happened to come from Days of the Dead, and that was when Where Black Birds Fly, which is one of the most yeah. bizarre movies I have ever Isn't seen in my entire life. And, I and, love Jimmy Screamer Clothes. And then, of course, I have to say, shout out, Billy Pond, Circus of the Dead. Thank you again, Billy, mm-hmm. for being so nice to me last year. And I still haven't seen it. I can't wait. Finally out. You oh, it's finally out. I know. It's not coming out in time for. It's not coming out in time for Days of the Dead, though, which sucks. And I've already given him and Rusty no. like. Like I'm a little upset about, about that, but but, uh, but you can still see it on Amazon and iTunes right now. So uh, if you have, you can actually watch it. So Adolfo, thank you for being so patient and uh, talk about your film list this year because one of the things I love about Days of the Dead is that you have usually you're on the pulse of the independent film and a lot of the best horror films come out of Days of the Dead. So please, thank you again for coming on Sexy Witches. Oh, thanks for having us. Um. You know, as far as the film fest, uh, Jason Hoover with Jeb Pictures has been doing a, a great job for us for a couple of years now, and mm-hmm. um, he actually ended up uh, taking over the film fest after about our third or fourth show. He was one of the filmmakers that we screened uh, a film from, and you know, originally I was the one that did all the programming, but you know, he he kind of had you know various points of uh, critique for us and it, and it kind of just ended up me going to him and saying well you know I mean if you think you can kind of do it better then I mean I'd like to have you do it better and uh, ever since then he's absolutely you know hit a home run with with the programming year after year and you know it's cool to see um, you know that a lot of the films that end up on a lot of people's top 10 lists um, you know that you see getting a lot of the critical praise and all of the, uh, you know, horror media and, and blogs and, and websites out there are generally having their first runs at Days of the Dead. You know, like you mentioned, Circus of the Dead. Um, you know, other ones like She Was So Pretty I, I from this last where year. Blackbirds, where Blackbirds Fly, only Day of the Dead would scream something like that. Cause, yeah, cause that's yeah. Not a film and, and that actually, anybody's going to watch. You know, like just go, hey, I'm going to put it in for fun. It's not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, that's challenge. that's what's cool about Jason. He'll kind of, you know, he'll he'll mix in like a, you know, a true crime documentary with like a thriller with like something from Jimmy Screamer Claws with, you know, with something, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, along the lines of um, pieces of talent or. You know, then you'll get something like absolutely, you know, gritty and ridiculous, like you know, American Guinea Pig. So, kind of covers the the whole gamut of the whole the the horror spectrum. And um, he's he's really good at kind of just like picking those gems that are that are going to be, you know, not only what everybody's talking about for the rest of the year, but that are the ones that are going to be sticking with people. So, um, for this is how many years have you done Atlanta now? Ah, uh, this will be. Our sixth show in Atlanta. Uh, we, uh, the first yeah, one was so. in 2012. So I mean, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, our sixth show in Atlanta. 
a lot of people call it their state, even though a lot of people really, the big one for you is probably Indianapolis. Uh, a lot of people consider Atlanta their sentimental favorite. And I always ask people, why do they like Atlanta more than all the others? And it's always because it's a bit more intimate than some of the other ones because everything is kind of on one floor and you can actually easily get to everything. And, 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 and I like that layout. I liked it too. I, I had a great time last year. Thank you again for allowing us to go see your show. And, and it's, it's, it's what great time. Uh, so last year's highlights, I could, I've talked about a lot on the show and I don't have to go into too much about your show because, people listen to the show no, probably are there anyways three of us are going this year um Aaron Marie is going with me and Bonnie who was there last year is also going to be there yes. again so you've got three people going to be there um so what is the highlight for this year for you what are the panels and films you think we should not miss if we are really I mean all of these things we want to see as much as possible but what are the real go-tos for you or the real highlights this year something that you new or something that you really, really think is going to appeal to the audience? Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a little tough given, you know, how much we, we've actually added a whole new track of, of panels uh, this year that we're kind of, you know, if it takes off in Atlanta, we're hoping to carry it over to Indianapolis and, and some of our other shows, but we have now is that what the blue track? we call the, is the, that the blue, blue track, track that yeah. Nathan is doing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the blue that's, track that's is the brand new. It's going to make it harder for us to see everything, but it's going to be really, really awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, you really, you really you know have to pick and choose this year. Um, but yeah, we are. Got, like, more... I, have this, I have it mapped out. Like, right in front of me, I have it mapped out. <gasps> it's so He's so great. Really He's such a planner. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of really cool panels that Nathan's putting together on that one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely more of an interactive thing. Um, uh, he's got one on, you know, uh, haunt acting 101. He's got another one that's uh, mm-hmm. got a bunch of people in, in bands talking about the relationship between horror and heavy metal and punk music. And heavy which, metal, which is You know, fantastic. I think it's something fun and unique. And, and I'm sorry? One of the better panels in the Ends of the Dead is one Nathan's been doing for is the Indie Horror Panel, which is going to be part of the Blue Track. But that's always a high-profile panel at Days of the Dead. And last year, the stage was yeah, crammed with independent filmmakers. So... Yeah, that that one's always that one's always really fun. Um, you know, we we usually get you know try to get filmmakers from from the region or, or stuff that um, you know people who were screening stuff for, and that's always been one of my favorite ones because it seems to be one of the more relaxed ones. Um, I know one time I just saw like Jason Hoover kill a forty on stage while you know talking <laughs> about I am no one, and and you know it, it's they they play it up real loose and. Um, in Indianapolis, George Romero got lost, you know, on the way to his room and like accidentally walked onto the stage. So it was kind of like a surreal moment. So you you never know what's going to happen, but you know, aside from those, um, you know, the, the costume contest is always fun and it's been a real joy to see Larry, uh, who heads it up for us, grow it into, you know, an absolute monster and and just some of the stuff the fans put together and come out with is phenomenal. And, also, the uh, so um, Kane was a ju- guest judge this year. Yeah, yeah, he's going and, yeah. Um, as the guest judge, who you know that'll be that'll be pretty you know no pressure being judged by Jason Voorhees himself. Um, but also the you know speaking of Jason's, uh, C.J. Graham's going to be co-hosting the effects showdown as well that uh, Chris Blair uh, has been heading up for about a year now, and that that's one of our newer events, but. It's I, I love it. It's like chopped, but with you know makeup and effects stuff. 
So, you know, he, for those unfamiliar, he'll give like a box of random items to four special effects artists and then make them do a themed makeup appliance. And, you know, he'll have like, you nice. know, a paintbrush, a tampon and some tape and <laughs> Elmer's glue or some <laughs> shit like that. And, you know, yeah, no, those will definitely be there. Is insane. I'm sorry. Dad, profile, I think, it, I think whatever I make glitter. out of that can only go in a Nicholson film. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like <laughs> I know that one of the guests of the costume of the makeup of the XX Showdown will be. Uh, he was last year. He's is Roy Rooley of 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 um, Face Off, who also yeah. the, and in the other world haunt and one of my favorite people in the entire world. So I, it's always nice to see him around. Um, you know, it, it was a, it's a pretty solid lineup of people this year, and also clearly you've got. Stranger Things is the big draw this year. You've got like half, mm-hmm. almost the whole cast going to be there, and that's the the one o'clock panel on Saturday. I assume everyone's going to be there. But um, the one that excites me the most is one of your most recent announcements, and he's only going to be on Friday, and it's Daryl Lynn Bozeman. And so I am mm-hmm. so excited to meet Daryl. We are repo genetic opera freaks around here. That's a sexy witness. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so he's, how do you... He's, he's, I'm sorry? Anthony go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, no, I was going to say, he's a totally cool guy for, for those that haven't met him. I, I actually caught him a couple of times when the uh, Repo Road Tour came through Chicago. Um, the first two times, that you know, when they were, like, originally raising funds to put out the movie, and then they did it again for... <laughs> something else him and uh, Terrence were touring around with it and super laid back guy super down to earth and um he's absolutely I mean he's one of those guys that I've wanted to have at a show for a very long time but he's always so busy and and doing different projects outside of you know typical appearances so he's been kind of hard to nail down but he's he's going to be in Atlanta that weekend working on something else and he happened to be available on Friday and you know, reached out to us and asked if he can come in and do a panel and sign for a couple of hours. So, I mean, how do you say no to that? Nice. Uh, uh, it, it, it definitely I didn't see Avatar yet. Oh, I have to see Avatar, too. I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. either. So, mm-hmm. that's homework we got to do before the show, don't we? That's right, oh girl. God. I got to make... I'm gonna have so much homework to do before this show. I already do <laughs> so it. You were almost, you almost I mean, said I gotta make some lists, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Oh, I, I gotta make some lists. <laughs> um, um, also, and this was exciting for me only because I'm not really a Jason Voorhees fan. Like I've always been more mm-hmm. of a Freddy, but but Aaron Marie uh, bought me for Christmas an 8-bit NECA Jason doll with Kane Hodder had uh-huh. signed for me, which is like amazing. Oh. So when I found out on the list that there's a Faces of Jason panel, I suddenly got super excited. So we have Aww. three Jasons on stage. Do you want to talk about them? Besides mm-hmm. Kane Hodder, who's, uh, you know, we talk about Kane Hodder on the show probably. A CJ Graham. <laughs> I guess he'll yeah, do anything Steve. for Aaron. <laughs> Steve Dash. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, oh, he does. Okay. And um, there's and one more. I'm sorry. Oh, Derek Mears. Yes, I got all four Derek, of them. Oh, that's right. Yay. So who's your favorite Yeah, Jason? we're we're really who's my favorite Jason? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd probably I'd probably have to say Steve Dash, to be honest with you, followed by Ted White. Yep. 
Yep. I'm, you know, I, I know it's, nice. it's kind of like maybe uh, like Kane's an awesome Jason, but I'm not into the Kane movies as much. Like I'm, I'm definitely more into yeah. like the first four, Early. but I just, yeah. That's the thing. The Kane, Kane moves really well, but those movies aren't the strongest movies, but he moves well. It's a new energy. You like it, but She's you're like, I don't like Jason. the movie that much. Because yeah, Jason, Jason in those movies, I, I mean, he gave Jason personality, but the movie's story and characters themselves were better in the first four. So I, I, yeah, I want to yeah. say, though, I think that uh, Jason 6 is probably, of, of all the slashers of those movies, I think that is Kane Hodder in the sixth one. No, it's that's C.J. Graham. Like, is that C.J. Graham? Okay. I yeah, that's C.J. Graham. Yeah, I yeah he's, I think Kane starts in 7, right? I forget. Yeah, I think Kane. Uh, no. 7, 8, 9, and 10. Yeah, I mean, I and like then which one is the one that too. has absolutely no I know nudity? Jason. Six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> so which one has no nudity? Six or seven? Uh, seven. No seven. Yes, yeah, seven. seven that no one's nudity. silly and shitty. <laughs> but oh, it's but cute. it's so fun. It's cute. That's why you like Final Girls. Bitch. I love it. I love it because it was my first. Je- it was my first Friday the Thirteenth movie. It was Aww. number seven. So. Well. Um, I have a special I'm really place excited for it. about the show this year. Once again, uh, you're the pulse of, of independent film, and there's a few highlights. Even though most of the films are always interesting, and what I recommend is that there's a lot of down. There's because everything's so close to each other. If you have a little mm-hmm. like panels, usually end about 10, 15 minutes before the time is up. So that gives you a few minutes to go go walk into a film randomly. I did that a few times, and I witnessed I witnessed saw uh, Dog Days of Kilo, uh, uh, Kilo Company. Uh, and met Christopher uh, and, and met Bobby Easley uh, if it wasn't for that. So, uh, you know, so I, I, I really, like, I do highly recommend, but there's a few standouts. I know that Capture Kill release is on Friday, and I've heard really good things about that. Uh, I believe Jason, uh, uh, Jason uh, Adolfo, is the dead body, is that Jason Hooper directed? The dead body is in 223? It's a world premiere at 5 yeah. o'clock on Saturday. That's that yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That yeah. that is that's yeah. a that's like a Hoover and Bobby Easley collaboration. Um, I I actually it, it's it, it was kind of fun because I actually went to film like I drove up to Indiana to film a small scene in it. So I got to kind of like hang out with them for a couple of days and see them film the movie. And I think people are gonna really really love what he does with that one. I, I mean, there's a lot of like. It starts out kind of like a typical thriller, but it goes into so many weird directions that you're unexpecting that I, I if if you're going to pencil in time to watch one film, I'd say go ahead and watch that one. That that, cool. that one's definitely, I'm watching it, and Will it's do. also preceded by the Ethereal Film Fest shorts program, which is uh, which accompanied the Love Witch this year, uh, which was a highlight of the uh, of last year of 2016 was the Love Witch. So <laughs> I'm probably gonna watch both those things, and then right after it, PJ Souls is gonna introduce Halloween. And if you've never heard PJ Souls speak, she's absolutely a dear. I met her last year at Days of the Dead. I can't wait to see it again, and I think I'm gonna go ahead and ask her to be on the show at some point. I really love her that much. Do it. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I love. PJ Souls, but I'm always like, when it comes to people like her, I get really super nervous. I still am relatively new at this, so getting nervous around asking people to be on the show, and believe me, I ask people. I'm not a shy person, but she she Mm-mm. makes me happy. I love her to death. She is so cool. <laughs> um, 
And, and I'm excited about the blue track and as well as the black track. Uh, you know, uh, um, I was also uh, the 80s slasher prom, which is funny because I had a, I have a prom dress yes. because I wore it to Blobfest this year. Um, yes, you know, you my, my Lydia dress. So I'm actually going to bust it out and go to the, uh, at least. Yeah. Does that mean I get to do your um, makeup again? Yeah. Oh, but, uh, you guys are so cute. I, but I haven't actually seen Frankenstein created bikers yet, and that's at midnight. So I'm going to go make sure I see that too, because I uh, haven't I really either. Want... And yeah, I, I, so, that's one of those things because I contributed to the original Kickstarter. But anyone that's contributed to the original Kickstarter knows that James didn't end up giving us our digital release because he got worried about torrenting, and he had a really good run on the festival circuit. And I got worried for a while what Mr. Picker was going to do. I even talked to Nathan about it. Nathan's like, "What the fuck, Bonnie? I don't, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this just because I'm in the fucking film." So I'm like, "I know. I'm just frustrated. I don't want to get there and be like, hey, Mr. Bicker." But news came out just like a couple of days ago that he's doing, he's doing a whole different version of the Blu-ray release or DVD release for everybody that did the Kickstarter that didn't get anything yet. And some of us are frustrated because the only way that you could see the movie was to actually happen to go to a festival that was running it, and I hadn't. So I still haven't seen it. I won't see it until we go together, ladies. And but but he's made me happy now because when I finally get my my Kickstarter thing, it's going to be different from what he this pre-order that he did to raise money to actually make all these. So he's 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 done a clever job, and I should have kept my mouth shut because that's what happens when I well, badmouth people. They well, do we'll, they we'll do something the nice and then together. I feel like a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And of course, Days of the Dead has the best shenanigans. We won't get that's another show. We'll talk about it, but oh, we love sure. the shenanigans of Days of the Dead. Uh, Mr. Jorda, close us out. Tell us what the dates are and how you can go to Days of the Dead and 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 where it is and all the good juicy stuff. Absolutely. Um, Days of the Dead Atlanta is happening February third, fourth, and fifth at the Sheridan Atlanta downtown. Uh, Atlanta is definitely one of our favorite cities like you mentioned earlier it's got a flavor all its own um you know there's just there's just something about the people down south that they they really know how to throw a party uh they really know how to make it feel like a beautiful freak show and if you've never been to a days of the dead show come out hang with us meet meet some new friends um and just just have a good time let your hair down for the weekend with a bunch of creepy kids and you know fuck watch some movies meet some celebrities and, and dig it and if they want to go ahead and uh, learn some more info, get a celebrity list, and check out the programming and all that that we've talked about, they can head on over to www.daysofthedead.net, and it'll tell them everything they need to know. And the sexy witches oh, will you. be pressed, and thank you so much for being on the show. So we will be there walking around, and I actually have a surprise. Yes, I can't wait. I was invited to be on the Blue Track Sunday 1 p.m., the very last Woo! panel. I'm going to be on So You Want to Be a Podcaster. So I'm going to teach people how to do this, and you can do this in your kitchen, ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting is an amazing thing, and it is the best citizen journalism outlet I think there is right now. And I want to thank you, Mr. Dorda, for, first of all, being so approachable for podcasters, because you've always have been, not just myself, but like Nathan of Sound the Celluloid and many other people. So thank you for being so gracious and coming on the show. And you show you throw such a great show, sir. 
we love your show. It is so much fun. It is busy. You're never, there's no, like, there's no real downtime. There's always something to do. And if you're a horror fan or you love wrestling or Casket Creasers is going to perform on Friday, uh, or if you just want to learn about movie making and on a budget and do the boot tracks, there's something for everybody. So thank you again, sir. I'm so thank glad you very much. that you came on the show. And, um, we're going to let you go here. I actually have to go. We're out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, two hours is never enough, but, you know, we the taxi witches have to move onwards to greater pastures. So, once again, I want to thank uh, Queenie and Aaron Kogan had to leave. Uh, so, they left for the day. So, I thank them, Aaron Kogan and Queenie, for being on the show. Bonnie, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Oh, <laughs> can't wait to see you in two weeks. Uh, I'm yep. so excited. We're going to party. We're going to have, like, a fucking posse. I think they call it a posse. What's that? Oh, yes. yes. The, the witch posse. It's a coven. Are, We're a fucking coven. Yeah. We are <laughs> coven. Oh, we, we have will. to, like, somebody over. should film us, like, walking. We should do, like, we should, like, stand together and, like, do this walk, like, you know, like, like coven, like, from the movie, you know. Yes. I don't know. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So We're your most I, badass I, I, I like impromptu videos, so... Thank you, Adolfo Dortes, for coming on the show. Awesome. I'm sorry, Thank but my first much. segment ran a little long, but I really Thank glad you came on. And and we all and we will actually do a recap of uh, Days of the Dead on Wednesday, February 8th. It's a Wednesday, folks, because I'll still be traveling that Tuesday. So Wednesday, February 8th at 9, so a special time, and we will recap our shenanigans at Days of the Dead and talk about a lot of other things as well. So once again, everyone, good film hunting and blessed be. We're going to leave because of the climate and because of the march. I just wanted to leave with an old school song from a guy that had a great film this year, um, His uh, Henry Rollins. He was in He Never Died, which is on my top 20 this year. Um, and just to remind you, if anybody knows about our political climate, it's Henry Rollins. So once again, yeah, the, good film hunting and blessed be. Good night, everyone. Blessed be. Oh, thank you. My favorite. So you think you're going to live your life alone in darkness and seclusion. Yeah, I know. You've been out there and tried to mix with the animals, and it just left you full of humiliated confusion. But the feeling of loneliness never leaves you. It haunts you everywhere you go. And then you meet me. And your whole world changes. Because everything I say is everything you've ever wanted to hear. So you drop your defenses. And you drop all your fears. And you're so busy feeling good. That you never question why. Things are going so well. You want to know why? Standing
tell you things that you already know So you can say I really identify with you so much I'll come to you like an affliction But I'll leave you like an addiction You'll never forget me You wanna know why? Cause I'm alive Stronger than 